This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Uh, Josh, I'm, I'm calling remotely from the FPL Trauma Ward. I'm here with uh, numerous managers. Keep They keep getting wheeled in on dollies, uh, saying, muttering things about Sterling and, and Jesus under their breath. It's it's really a crazy scene. It's a grim, I wish you could be here right now. It's a grim spectacle. I know. I know. I've been tracking it on Twitter, Brandon. It's, uh, it's, it's very grim indeed. <laughs> it is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> qu- quite a week. We have so much to talk about in this episode, and I guess... Fears to assuage, perhaps. Sure. How are you feeling coming out of game week nine? Well, I, I'm feeling pretty bad. Um, I mean, I, I made a, you know, I only had 10 players play uh, this week, and somehow that's the second week in a row. Uh, so my, you know, I was I was safely in the top 100K a couple weeks weekends ago, and I, I'm actually somehow still in the top 200K. I don't know how, uh, with only 10 players playing. And uh, I guess the Salah, I got a goal from Salah today. I have Kane in my squad. Um, but I, yeah, I had a sort of, there's a moment um, this afternoon where the team sheet came out for the, uh, for the Spurs game just as Lacazette scored. And it was just this mm-hmm. like one-two punch for me where I had basically seen a training ground photo of Ben Davies where he looked fine on Friday. And I was like, okay, great. So the, the Davies to Otamente move that I was planning, I'm just not, I'm not going to bring it out Mende. I'll just, I'll just stick with Davies. And this frees me up to move Lacazette into Gabriel Jesus. Sure. Um, so sexy, a very sexy pick this week. Jesus. Right. So that, uh, cost me, let's see. Um, I guess ultimately I got no one off my bench, so it was a twenty-one point uh, loss. That right? Am I doing my math correct? You, you got you got uh, Stephen Ward off your bench for one point. But, so yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't want to give him the short. I had trip. multiple players who had to come in off the bench, Brandon, including for Raheem Sterling. So, (laughs) yeah, it was it was pretty grim. Um, So, yeah, it cost me, I think I think it was ultimately a a net 20 points that it cost me. Um, And, you know, these things do happen. But uh, sort of two weeks in a row, I I feel like I'm a little on on FPL tilt. I don't know um, if everybody is familiar with that term. It's basically a poker term when 
uh, when, you know, you've had a series of sort of bad things happen to you, um, maybe maybe bad luck or maybe you're just bad decisions on your part, and you just start to kind of spiral out of control and the, you get, you get, you're, you're prone to be a little more reckless and make bad decisions. And right now I, I'm, I'm on like mega FPL tilt. And so <laughs> the thing for me right now is to like, keep my, like, keep me from like just burning like a uh, rage minus eight transfer. Yeah. Um, just, I, I don't want to do anything rash because it's, it's a very long season. You know, we've still got 29 weeks to go. I'm still in the top 200 K it's not that bad. And I'm sure that's true of a lot of managers are freaking out right now. Um, so I don't know. So that that was my game week. It wasn't it wasn't so hot, but I, I've actually had worse. Um, I mean, triple yeah. motine, uh, having Kane helped, having Salah helped. Uh, my defense was a complete shambles. Um, really foolishly, I I played Fabianski over Elliot, which I'm still kind of like shaking my head about because it was such a silly move. Yeah, the, it was one of those. It was, it was kind of an amateur move, really, is what it was, because I was thinking, <laughs> um, and no offense to Jeff Petter, uh, who he and I were talking about this on Twitter. But, you know, I, I, you have a team that scored a net of two goals the entire season. That yeah. is the greatest thing that can happen. You know, like you want them to play your defense so bad. And I was thinking, yeah. well, I have Loftus Cheek that I'm playing, and I have, and I, and I have, you know, I, I like, I was like, I want to maximize my points. Um, yeah. and it was just, it was just amateur thinking. You just have to like, just, you someone's going to get you points and someone might cost you those points and you just can't think that way. Um, and there were a yeah. lot of narratives from game week eight that really went, uh, went upside down in game week nine, crystal palace being one of them. Everyone was feeling, Oh no, they're high flying. Got to get on board with Zaha. And it, I think it was easy to think that Palace was going to score against Newcastle just based on game week eight. Go back and look at game weeks one through seven when there wasn't a single goal to be found and they look like trash and right. they're playing away from home, away from Selhurst Park. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree. You don't even really need hindsight to see that Elliot was probably the best choice. Right, exactly. And I feel like there's just this, you know, I have been kind of playing with fire all year. Um, just, I, I've had a lot of non-starting defenders. I mean, I had a lot of doubts going into this game. I mean, even if you include Phil Jones, um, who, you know, is kind of a perma-doubt, like, just always mm-hmm. a doubt. Yeah. Uh, but when you had Davies and you had Jones, and I still have Chalaba, who's, you know, out, out indefinitely, uh, Loftus-Cheek, who wasn't a sure starter, um, I, I made the decision to maximize attacking points as opposed to shoring up injuries. And, yeah. you know, you have to remember that the, the, the part of this game is just defense and part of it is thinking about your you – it's not just about maximizing points, but it's about fixing problems. Um, <laughs> and so it was just – you know, I felt like I really – I played it a little amateurish this week. Um, yeah. I mean the, the pep rotation stuff, which we're going to talk about in a second, that, that didn't phase me at all. Um, I knew that was coming. I mean, I, you know, I didn't think – I honestly thought Jesus would would play and start. Obviously, I wouldn't. I would have. I wouldn't transfer him in. Um, but now that he's been rested once, I, I think it's fine. I mean, I think he'll start next week, and I think Sterling will too. Um, I mean, they're all going to get rotated. I mean, it's possible Aguero doesn't start next weekend. You know, it's possible. Sure. So, like yeah. you took you took your you took your medicine with Jesus and Sterling this week, right? And then it's for Aguero and and whoever other De owners Bruyne next or something. Week. Exactly. Yeah. So let's speaking of De Bruyne, let's talk about your because you had you had a very another good game week. You're really you're on a roll right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm on a roll. I, I mean, I'm waiting for the wheels to come off uh, pretty soon. Oh, but, don't be so negative. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I landed on 64 points game week rank of about 897k, which. Uh, results in another green arrow up into the 200k ballpark 
overall, 212K. Separated by two points now. Yeah, I know. It's very close between the cheaters right now. Very tight. Um, yeah, I've been able to close the gap on you by about forty points in this in this like purple patch. That so I'm look in. at let's let's see let's hear the game week history. What's your um wh- where was your lowest point and you're at like two hundred k right now? Oh yeah, my lowest point was definitely coming out of game week three when I had played an early wild card and ended up scoring thirty points and dropped disastrous wild card classic <laughs> episode of the podcast. Yeah, must and. Uh, Drops at 2.7 million overall rank. And then um, I had a green arrow, then a red arrow. So I was hovering around 2.2 million in game week five. And then there were just huge jumps. Game week seven was when I had my 28K uh, game week rank score. And that's really what propelled me. So, um, All right. So you've jumped 2 million in four game weeks. So that's just a hopeful story to all our listeners out there. It can be done. Yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, there's, yeah, exactly. It's, there's 5.3 million players this year. You jumped 2 million of them in four game weeks. So anybody who's too stressed out, it can happen. And I guess the advice that I would take away here, which, you know, who knows what, how this plays out over the next month, but I, I've kind of, I, I slowed down. I prevented myself from going on tilt. I stayed the course with players who probably ultimately aren't, aren't the best keepers right now, like Kevin De Bruyne, who's overpriced. But I've just, I've just tried to play it out. And, and, uh, well- yeah, and you you went so I saw you on Friday. We went to our our favorite Manhattan bar, Jimmy's Corner, uh, the only, i.e., the only good bar in Times Square. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were kind of talking about how you just you kind of love your team right now because yeah. it's this sort of inadvertent differential team. You just have all of these players who nobody else has right now. That's very it's very untemplate in a way. It is kind of untemplate. Uh, it's a little bit like the kids from Stranger Things, I think. Like this is a team that can solve problems and, you know, save the day. But, you know, <laughs> look right. at them look at them from far away and it's just a bunch of misfits. I mean Pascal Gross <laughs> has been one of the high flyers in my midfield, which is kind of crazy. Sure. Uh, John Stones, Monreal, Bertrand, they all came in this week. David De Gea was uh, the biggest bummer uh, on one point, and I also sat Rob Elliott. Uh, but, I mean, De Gea uh, against Huddersfield, you'd have to start him. Sure, sure. I mean, I started, I happily started Phil Jones. I mean, Phil Jones literally made it like his first tackle of the year, and he had to get subbed. Yeah. It, was, <laughs> it was really, uh, the second I saw him like fooling around in the, the the bottom right of my screen, I was like, nope, that's, that's, this is going to end badly. It just, I mean, he, he looks bad even when he's playing well, you yeah. know, like I, I mean, it's not that I don't rate Phil Jones, but I mean, it's just that the guy can't stay healthy. You know, there's just, can't do he, it. He, there's something slightly awkward about him. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, the wrong move I made was captaining Lukaku, but a lot of us did that. So certainly w- wished when so when we were at Jimmy's corner on Friday, you were lamenting not putting the armband on uh, Harry Kane, and right. uh, that that would have been yeah kind of maverick. Yeah, the yeah, what what I what I wish I would have thought about. I mean, the what would have made this very easy is I mean the because the Wembley thing. I mean, we talked about this in last week's podcast. It's not we always knew that it was gonna it was gonna end. It wasn't like there's this weird. I mean, he's so good. You know, it would have been crazy for it to last much longer. What I what I hadn't thought about though enough, or really like fully taken into account, was that Liverpool were going to try to win that game, right? And this is the first time all season that Spurs have played a team that's 
you know, that's theoretically a challenger for the league title. Sure. Right. And so, I mean, I guess, I guess that you kind of had that with the, in the Chelsea game too. Uh, but he had a lot of chances in the Chelsea game. He could have scored in that Chelsea, he hit sure. the post. Yeah. Um, so, or the crossbar or something. Uh, so, you know, I think that it was going to be an open game and you saw that right off the bat. I mean, you know, that would just play right into Spurs hands. And um, so anyway, yeah, it's, it's interesting. We'll talk more about Kane too. Um, and actually, are you are you done talking about your team, Brandon? Are you happy with your yeah, team? Yeah, yeah, that's good. I'm happy. All green arrows. Okay. All right, so let's. I want to get into some 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 Man City. Well, we're gonna talk about Man City in a second here. But just as a reminder, our this is I think our 98th episode. Is that right, Brennan? Yeah, 98. 98. So uh, our 100th episode is coming up in two weeks. Uh, if you have any suggestions, anything you want to hear on our 100th episode, reach anything out to us that doesn't involve uh, heavily editing something <laughs> or going back into the archives. Yeah, exactly, exactly. More than like the most basic stuff. We're yeah. we're, we're too lazy. <laughs> yeah, we well, we're happy to reflect on things. I just don't. We don't have the bandwidth to actually go and mine the um, the uh, the blooper reels of. 100 previous episodes yeah if there's some like killer editor out there who was able to do that you know someone suggested a super cut of our mispronunciations uh that would be kind of amazing i think i even said podcast on the podcast once i really i mispronounce everything uh or just miss miss say everything uh all right so brandon that's that right so let's let's i have like a real like there's like some fpl big picture thinking i want to talk about here but also I don't want to spend another podcast talking about Man City the whole time. It's just it's just too much, right? We've spent I feel like we spent every single episode talking about Man City, talking about the best Man City midfielder, talking about Man City coverage. It's it's all out there. It's all on previous podcasts. It's all on other podcasts. So let's just get all the Man City stuff out of the way right away. Okay? Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, this is a five minute Man City section, and then other than maybe like a couple questions in the lightning round or something, we're not going to talk about Man City again. All right. So the time it takes Man City to score a goal and and then score another goal, that's how long we're going to spend on Man City. So right, exactly. Eighty nine seconds. And Mr. Podge starts things off. He says, uh, "This will sound crazy, but hear me out. There's part of me that thinks Pep Guardiola doesn't care about my FPL team. Am I mad?" <laughs> Mr. Podge is he's breaking through the fourth wall of FPL, I think here, and uh, this this uh, idea that the personalities in the league actually give a crap about uh, FPL. Right. Now, Podge clearly isn't serious about Pep Guardiola thinking about how he's going to screw over it's FPL. Serious is a heart attack, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but it, it is kind of maddening uh, to think about how our FPL lives are in the hands of these these real life people making real life decisions. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of okay. So there's there's kind of two things at play here. One is we can't all joke on Twitter about pep rotation and talk about it on the podcast, and we all knew it was going to happen. So when it does happen, you can't freak out, right? You can't. Be like, I gotta drop Jesus. I gotta drop Sterling. It's just this is this is the reality. This is how it is. Now, typically, Sterling will at least come on if he gets. It was weird that he got rested the whole time, um, and no one was really predicting him. I and I was on the scout page a couple, you know, a couple days ago, and they were talking about how you know Sane had played the most minutes of any midfielder on on, on City in the last few matches. So it looked like he was the one who was most likely to get subbed. And so, right. um, 
or, or to get, you know, rotated out or whatever. So, yeah. I mean, you know, we don't, none of us really know. I mean, you know, we, you try to piece together as much as you can based on training ground and how many minutes they played and, you know, what kind of bib they're wearing and training or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's just, there's a lot of luck involved. And, um, I mean, I didn't talk about this earlier on because I just didn't want to keep – everyone who follows us on Twitter saw me complain about this. But, you know, I mean, there's luck involved and, you know, Kolosnik looked like, you know, a, a super dominant wingback who was going to be like completely up for it and like the next Marcus Alonso. Um, and then he basically – you know, once Sanchez was back, he's receded into the background – um, completely because Sanchez needs the ball every, you know, two seconds or so. Um, and now it's Nacho Monreal, who hadn't scored a goal in four years uh, for Arsenal, who scores, you know, two goals in three matches or four matches, whatever it is. Um, you can't plan for that. It's luck, you know? I mean, there's there, it, it's not a bad decision on your part necessarily. It's just bad luck, right? And so... Definitely. Um, yes, you can't, you can't, like, overdo it right now. I mean... You know, like FPL Prince says, you know, what to do with Sterling and Jesus. George Allen says, coon over Jesus, what to do with Sterling. You got to keep, I'd keep Sterling, I'd keep Jesus. I, I don't think, I, I wouldn't transfer Jesus for, for Sergio Aguero. I mean, I just don't think, I don't think those are net gains, right? I mean, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't burn a precious transfer on, on Jesus to Aguero. Yeah, and if you want certainty, you just have to look elsewhere. You have to move right. to Spurs Harry Kane's not getting rotated. That midfield doesn't get rotated. Arsenal coming to the fore. Buy into them. But still what remains is Man City is scoring the most goals. So everyone will make this point. If you miss out on Sterling this week... Over the long haul, he'll still earn out. Right, and the fixtures are are still you know really good for them over the next few weeks. I mean, they're you know they play West Brom, they play Arsenal at home. I mean, Arsenal at home, they're going to score four goals in that game. Leicester away, Huddersfield away, Southampton at home. I mean, there's not a tough fixture. They've already played Chelsea away, right? Outside of outside of Man United away, those are like the only two tough fixtures they've got left in the first half of this season. I mean, just given the kind of I just I'm, I'm having a vision of of Mertesacker against this Man City team and how he's just going to be this like beanpole in the middle of the 18, like not knowing what is going on or being being able to react in time to anything. <laughs> I know uh, that first that the Everton goal was just was just stupid. Uh, it was just, I mean, you know, they're just, they have no depth and on the, on the defensive end. And I mean, I know they've had some injuries, but, um, if, if, if you lose a guy like Mustafa, you need, you need someone, I don't know why Rob Holding can't play that role either. I mean, that sort of, that it's like the, he's kind of the deepest line center back in that squad. Um, so yeah, so I think that's, that's how we feel about things. Right. I mean, I wouldn't make any trend. Is there anyone you'd, you'd. You know, there was a question from uh, FPL Penguin about David Silva and whether um, – see if I can find it here. So, yeah, I said, uh, are David Silva's points hauls going away for good? He's the one that I would worry about of all of the midfielders, right? I mean, he, he's he's pretty consistent with starts, but he's – I don't know. I mean, he, I guess he just got yeah. attacking returns last week. But he's, he seems like he's the one who um, whose minutes are going to have to get managed really carefully going forward because he's uh, – you know, he's, in, he's right. into his 30s. Um, they still have a lot of Champions League fixtures coming up in the next couple of game weeks. Um, it's hard yeah. to tell just right now if it's down to Silva's age or if it is Silva was getting all of his returns when they were playing, when Pep was playing at two strikers up front with Aguero and Jesus. And that's not been the system recently. Right. I mean, he scored and last all week. Of, so, you know, it's. He did. I mean, who didn't score against Stoke? <laughs> Perhaps that ends up being a bit sure. of an outlier where, sure. where every, everyone does that. But, but that's a fair point. Um, so I, I do wonder if it's 
if it's system based or if it is related to Silva. And I, I you're totally right. Like Silva is, has a long history of of ankle problems and it will be needed need to be managed carefully if he's going to last the the whole campaign. Yeah, um, I think that's I think that's exactly right. So um, you know, if we were, if we were, do you want to do any kind of. Uh, Man City midfielder re rank after game week nine. Is anyone higher or lower in your in your kind of pecking order? Uh, just strictly on Man City. Yeah, if you were just like just to end this Man City talk very quickly here. If you were wild carding right now and you wanted to bring in one or two Man City players, what would be your like one to four or one to five order? I guess it would have to be Leroy Sane up near the top. Just. If he is, and I think this is how he rose to the top of everyone's uh, FPL team sheets at the end of last season. It, and they didn't have as deep a team lead last season. But Sané was seeing more consistent starts than any of those bubble players. And he was consistently performing. Uh, Sterling has shown that he can do, he has he has very similar, if not identical, qualities to Sané. But uh Recency bias says Leroy Sané is up at the top, probably interchangeable with Sterling. Uh, Silva and De Bruyne, I don't know, all this talk of De Bruyne basically being the, the best player uh, in, in, this, in the Milky Way, uh, which is, it, it depends on what game you're watching. Sure. So you could be it's watching a, a Man City too, game. In the Milky Way. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Suddenly, suddenly, De Bruyne, the Ballon d'Or player of the year. And then if you're watching a Spurs game, it's like, oh, Harry Kane, not since Pele won the World Cup has there been a striker to, to do what he's what doing these, on the what field. What is this accent? This is like, what? what? That, that's, my, that's my broadcaster accent. Uh, I see. Okay, that's like your Alan Partridge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, I would go, I think I'd probably actually still uh, go Sterling first. I mean, especially now that he has been rotated, you've sort of got, you got that one out of the way. Uh, so I, I would go. Uh, I would go Sterling, Sane, uh, and then I would go De Bruyne. I wouldn't personally bring De Bruyne in because I think he's too expensive for what for what you're getting. I just think you can get more from the the cheaper uh, Spurs. And I, actually, I think I'd rather have Eriksson over De Bruyne too. Um, but De Bruyne would be third, and then I put Silva fourth. And what about just between now, we, between Jesus and Aguero? What do you think there? All things being equal, uh, Jesus. Really, I think I would go Aguero. Jesus, I, I mean, think. I like the money. I like the million savings, but I think Aguero's slightly before he broke his ribs. I felt like he was really um, kind of emerging as the as the dominant forward in that lineup. Yeah, do we? I just want to touch upon this real quick. The whole Sterling got his out of the way. Now that that is really kind of not based on anything. And do we want to caution managers from using this shorthand logic that is really not based in reality? No, I'm I'm happy it, to it, it, I'm happy to commit to that argument. And uh, if I'm wrong, then um, you know, unsubscribe to the podcast. I don't know. I th- <laughs> I think he's going to start next weekend, and uh, unless he gets injured, you know, midweek or something, uh, I feel very confident about it. I think he's a decent captain choice this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't doubt that he plays next weekend, but I think that you have to take into account if players are getting rotated now. Uh, they stand to be the ones that are being rotated. So that's just a word of caution from my end. Yeah, I, I just don't. I, I think they're all going to get rotated. I mean, I remember, you know, was, I think it was his last season at Bayern Munich. You know, they, I mean, they only played 34 games in Bayern Munich, but it was, you know, I think the most anybody played was was maybe 30 games or 28. Uh, and that was like, you know, Robert Lewandowski, 
who was you know probably their most important player that year. So I think um, yeah, I think they're all going to get rotated. I, even your beloved Kevin De Bruyne will eventually not start a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, should we uh, run down the top ten of the Hail Cheaters Super League? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I'll, why don't I try it this time, Brandon? Let's see if I can let's see if I can do it. Okay, let's go for it. Yeah, we might have to edit this out because I, I mispronounce everyone's name so bad. Uh, number ten is Meech at De Gea Bar. Richard Fox. Uh, I pronounce that the way I wanted to pronounce it. Uh, number ninth is uh, number nine is Shemi the Mane. Uh, Matt Schwickle. Uh, number seven is uh, a Hutton and a Hollerin, Harry Atkinson. Uh, that's a good team name. Uh, number seven, Melvin Mbazi, uh, Melvin United. Number six, Ramalu, Rami Lukaku, Joshua Williams. Number five, Ryan FC, Marco Ryan. Uh, number four, two girls, one schlup, Andrew Ferguson. Number three, football friend FC, Nick Tudhope. Um, is that a new ent- entry in the top ten, Brennan? I don't I'm not recognizing Nick. Yeah. Uh, number two, Welcome, Nick. Yeah, number two is um, uh, Bogdan uh, Verbika. And then number one, the great, the Nobel Prize winning novelist, I believe, uh, Fabio Borges, Clichy's Clean Sheets. Now, Fabio, now that you have actually uh, you know, reached number one overall, and I think he is 213th in the world, uh, he had 82 points in the game week, 602 points total. Uh, I don't think he really interacts with us on Twitter or Facebook or anything like that. So if, if you're out there, because we mercilessly make fun of his name. It's not we're not making fun of it. It's, we just, you know, we're both English majors. It's kind of fun that there's someone named Borges in our league. So, uh, Fabi, if you're out there, reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, send us an email or something like that. Uh, just let us know, uh, you know, what you're doing, what you're doing this year, because he's been in the top 10 last year and this year. Uh, so there's probably a lot we could learn from Fabio. And a reminder, you can still join the Always Cheating Super League. It is the League of Leagues. Just go to our website, alwayscheating.com, and click the League tab. All right, Josh, rants of the week. We have a few, and not just yours from earlier in the pod. The first one comes from our good friend Jeff Petter. Jeff says, I don't really have a question. I'm yet to comprehend this horror show of a week. I think Jeff actually called it a different kind of show, but I'm editing it. It's a horror show. Uh, he goes on to say, I guess you have to laugh when you pick the wrong GK, the guy you transferred in doesn't play, the sub that replaces him is on a minus score, and the guy you chose not to bring in for a hit scores 15 points. So um, if you couldn't tell, Jeff had a very bad game week nine. Uh, next next rant comes from D-Wags, our good friend Dave wagner Lodal. He says, my parents told me to have all playing defenders on my bench, and I didn't listen. That's a tough one. Uh, Josh, this is like the, the cardinal rule of how to win and have fun at yeah, FPL. D- Dave and I both have Mbemba in our squad, and that's just uh, that's a real problem. Um, <laughs> the Mbemba can, and, and honestly, I guess Davies goes into that category, too. He is he's close to a non-playing defender at this point. He'll come in, yeah, score 15 and, points, and then disappear for two weeks. I mean... The 16-point game he had, I guess now if you if you amortize that across these two weeks where he didn't play, right. You're maybe still, that, like, it's still okay. Fine. 
I guess so. It's not yeah. bad. Those yeah. are like, you know, it's better than Bertrand, I'll tell you that yeah. much. It's just funny that Kieran Trippier was the one who, like, we were like, don't bring in, way too uh, risky. No. And then it's just attacking returns every single game week, tons of bonus points. When Kieran Trippier is getting assists off of throw-ins, then then you know it's it's just gone bad with, when you're yeah, deciding totally. on those first. Exactly. And it's, yeah, we'll talk about them later, but it's, it's still early. To, who knows what's happening? I mean, Aurier and Trippier both played, so I, I guess... I don't know who yeah. knows what's going on. I, there. I wasn't terribly impressed with Aurier. I mean, he I, he I hasn't think, really gotten yeah. enough minutes to bed in with that team. But he's, I mean, he's known for being reckless. But he just goes to ground on every tackle. He was he was getting yeah. smoked a few times. Could have could have uh, actually picked up a penalty on Salah at the very end of that yeah. game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last rant of the week comes from James Bishop. He says, "I haven't had time to check the scores." James has a question for us. How did my Kane and Lacazette transfer to Jesus and Murata for a minus eight workout? <laughs> that was, yeah. So just D- Dave, James, Dave, D- Dave and James, just both of you guys. Um, yeah, just just give it a couple days. Check in on yeah, Friday. Take some time Worry off. about how it worked out on Friday. Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, um, Peter Blake talks about the match of the day challenge where you don't watch any of the games and then you... Or check your FPL score, and then you tune into Match of the Day. I think there should just be the FPL Week Long Challenge, where you don't check your score until the the deadline of the next game week. Yeah, I wish they aired Match of the Day in the U.S. By the way, because I would totally do that some weekend. I mean, especially with a with a one year old baby, it would be kind of nice to, to, you know, just to avoid the morning stress and then just have this like it's like because it's like two hours long, right? And so you could just well, watch all that in we, the evening. We we talked last week about. Uh, pirate streaming content so i'm sure we could find match of the day out there yeah, somewhere right. on the internet so there's some there's some pirate out there who wants to tell us how to do that easily all right brendan let's take a quick break we'll get back and i want to talk about budget players these are players who are under 7.5 million for uh, midfield and, and forward line uh, under 5 million for defenders because uh, it can't be all man city talk no it can't we'll be back same old podcast always shading all right, we're back. Josh, you pulled together some information on midfielders, forwards, and also defenders. We're going to save GKs for another day. But these are all players, particularly midfield and strikers, who are sub-7.5 million and equal to or less than 5 million for defenders. So let's just take a big, uh, broad picture of who the best-performing budget guys are nine weeks through the season and see how we think they are. And then we're going to get to some of our listener questions about where we need to invest, particularly for those of you who are heading into a wild card week. Right. So, Josh, uh, what, what, what's catching your eye here? Should we start with yeah. midfielders? Yeah. The midfield? Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of where a lot of the uh, lot of the interest lies right now. And I, and I think, you know, part of what's interesting or what, what's important about this is, you know, at least I know, I know personally, I get very caught up in week by week thinking, and you know, like, what solves my problem this week, right? And then you look, and this is like just the, the easiest, cheapest way. I mean, anybody can do this, right? You don't need a like a membership or like that to anything. Literally just go to the FPL site and see who the top scorers are in, in various categories. Um, and sometimes you're, you'd be really surprised with the results. Um, you know, sometimes a, a huge game week will skew things a little bit. But <laughs> it's like a, like a Weight Watchers commercial. You really be surprised. You're, you're going to love the results you get. Well, we okay. I mean, I was surprised that Decore is the is the third uh, mid sub seven point five midfielder on this list. Yeah, Watford. Um, the force is strong with Watford midfield budgets. 
Yeah, I mean, it's given how well they're doing, I guess it's no surprise that uh, two of the top three uh, uh, under seven five million midfielders are Richarlison, who's the actually he's number one overall uh, in this category. He's got fifty points in the season. Uh, Pascal Gross, who's been great for you so far, and you know a guy that we definitely big upped at the start of the season. And um, you know, I, I I really if I have a regret, it's not bringing him him in on my wild card. I I wild carded the week before his brace, and if if I had done it after that, maybe it would have skewed the results enough. But yeah. um, back then, it was Brighton was a team that couldn't score any, any goals. You know, it and does. So. It's it speaks to the remarkable uh, state that Brighton and is right, is in right now. You G chatted me. Well, we were both at work during that Friday kickoff, and you chatted to me like, "Is Brighton actually going to stay up this season?" Yeah. And it appears that whatever Chris Hutton is doing over there, it's working. It's taking hold. The team is is incredibly organized, and they do they're amassing some attacking prowess. And yeah, Gross is a part of all of that, and yeah. it's it's a great way to shore up your midfield if you're looking for somebody who's not just like a four point five dirtbag. Yeah, it's very similar. To, it's similar to Burnley a couple of years ago. It's similar to Norwich actually when they first came up a few years ago, where right, a lot a of lo- story. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you've got Richarlison, you've got Gross, you've got Decore, and Decore is another kind of sneaky under-the-radar player. I think he's got three or four goals in the season now. Scored scored a really nice one in the Chelsea match. Um, but it looked like they were actually going to win that game for a while. Um, and then you've got Aaron Ramsey, who uh, sneaks into fourth on the basis of a very fine performance. Well, it wasn't a fine performance. No, I think he, he, he looked no, absolutely he, no. terrible. A fine he, FPL points performance, I guess, is what I'm saying. He skied... Just like a, another legendary Ramsey game of just like seeing how high he can kick the ball. It's like right. he's an NFL like field goal <laughs> kicker. So uh, then you have uh, uh, Chopa Motin who uh, comes into fifth. So I, I have Chopa Motin. He's, he's, their fixtures are finally getting better. I mean, I, I, I picked up, you know, two assists from him since I, since I brought him in. I guess that's okay. And their fixtures are pretty good like over the next several weeks. I mean, you know, the biggest thing with, with cheap – players is you need their fixtures to be good, right? They're not fixture-proof. So with Stoke, you still have... I mean, Stoke is not a very good squad, but they still play, you know, Watford away. I mean, Watford's defense doesn't look that hot. Uh, Mm -hmm. Leicester at home, Brighton away, Crystal Palace away in the next four. So um, definitely planning on starting him the next uh, several games. I'm not going to do a Chopamotin to gross move or or even Richarlison. I I mean, I think Richarlison is the one to to look at here, but... um, you know, uh, beyond that, you've got Moy, uh, Moy down below. You've got Richie, um, Granite Shaka somehow. Um, Atsu's a little bit lower. He's at five point. He's, he's only five point one though. Yeah, he's um, run, so. he's run out of steam a bit in the last few weeks. So okay, if you were just wildcarding right now, I guess Richarlison would be the one you'd have to bring in, right? Yeah, and Richarlison against Chelsea, he had a few missed opportunities. It could have been a real terrific week both for Watford first that first one in particular and the first big chance right right so uh, it's hard to not be disappointed if you're a Richarlson owner but I would also take that to be well he's continuing to get into those positions and to get those chances and as the fixtures as you say Josh look good for Watford do they look good were you saying that you were talking about Stoke how does Uh, yeah Watford's fixtures look pretty good Um, I was was talking about Stoke but 
Yeah, Stoke Everton, West Ham, Newcastle in the next four. I mean, Everton should have a new manager by the time they play them. So, and West uh, those Ham. Those will look like in game week 11. Yeah, and West Ham for that matter. Uh, yeah, so I, I totally agree. Richarlson is the pick of the book. Which, which strikes me here is your parameters are 7.5 million and below. The highest priced midfielder here is Aaron Ramsey at 7.0. It just speaks to this season being uh, kind of devoid of any real mid-price options it's right. either the one player the one player is missing from this is wilfred zaha who has been injured right. for several weeks that that, that and, is true and he is the interesting one because he's playing as an out of position uh striker right now i don't know how long that's going to last for but it's it's at least until Venteke comes back i'm sure that he's gonna they're gonna they're gonna give him a chance to to hold the line so let's look at forwards now um uh, Marcus Rashford is that he's actually uh, he he just misses the cutoff. You know, sometimes when you're like looking at stats on the FPL site, like it won't <laughs> it like decides for you sure. that it's not going to be 0.5. It's going to be 0.7 or whatever. Yep. So Rashford at, at seven, six, just just misses the cutoff here. But he is he's tied with Tammy Abraham. They have 41 points each. Abraham is it's only five point eight million. We've talked a lot about Abraham on this podcast. Uh, I'm a big fan. Brandon thinks he's he's the worst player in the league. He's a chump. Um I was thinking, you know, when I was watching, I watched a fair amount of the Stoke Bournemouth match. And is Simon Francis the worst regular starter in the Premier League? <laughs> like, is he, all the players that get regular minutes, is he the single worst? That, I mean, that guy is in every mistake he's involved in. Bournemouth have been in the Prem for uh, how many seasons now since they've Three. been promoted? Yeah. And they still have a midfield of just a bunch of randos. Totally random. <laughs> That's true. But I'll take those randos over Francis. The, the Francis thing, I, he cannot continue. I mean, I know he's like a he's like a longtime figure there. I think he's the captain of the club. Um, but yeah, Fran, that's just an aside. But Francis, he stinks. Don't bring him in. <laughs> Beware. Beware of Francis. Yeah. So you've got Abraham and Rashford. Um, yeah, Rashford's interesting just because he's, I mean, the whole Man United team seems like a kind of a stay away right now. Uh, at least until Pogba gets back and maybe until Mkhitaryan finds some form. Uh, you've got Wayne Rooney in third. Um, he's at, he's 7.3 million. He's in 38 points. Um, you know, he's in, it was interesting because he kind of scored that goal early and he wasn't very involved after that. I mean, it kind of disappeared. He did. I didn't even notice when he got substituted off the field. That's how that's how much he had disappeared. He he just disappeared off the field, literally. Right. And then you've got Juf, who is now playing a position behind. He's a forward who's now playing as a defender. Uh, so I, to me, that's an avoid. I mean, I, his price is good, but he he, just, he has defensive duties now. I mean, I just, I'm not going to bring in a forward who has to play defense, too. And let's be clear. Do you, this is shades of Joe Allen, if we're talking about Stoke sure. last season. Duf will not keep this up. This is not going to keep happening. He was horrible last year. He, like, scored his first goal in April or something. He, he was a very bad central striker for Stoke last season. Montreal-level so Mon- return for Duf. Last yeah, exactly. Uh, then at fifth, you've got Okazaki, who um, beats out Gabby Adini, which is just embarrassing for Gabby Adini, given given how uh, good those fixtures have been for, for Southampton so far. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. I mean, the big winner for Southampton this week, that Buffal goal. Have you watched the highlights of this, this yet? 
Yeah, no, I, I've not actually. I, I, I know you were on baby duty, and and me and Trevor were busily texting you about the the Southampton uh, West Brom game, and it was yeah. it was all just kind of madness broke out when Buffal went on this amazing run where he took out basically the entire West Brom defense. I think it was Nyam and uh, I don't remember who it was, but basically caused two West Brom uh, defenders to just run face first into each other and take each other out. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a real pleasure. So shout out to Bafal, so, who's not on this list. Shout out to, to Bafal, yeah, who kind of disappointed last year. So maybe, totally. maybe this is like a little bit of kick things off. Yeah, the bit. commentary See, made yeah. a very good point that he's the type of player, like he feels like every time he gets on the field, he has to show the manager what he's been missing out on. So And, and that's generally not to his benefit. It's a little surprised to see Chicharito comes in at seventh on this chart. I mean, you know, that's that's with a brace in game week two as well. So it really, really points to how much this team just needs a fresh start or something. I mean, I don't know if you can have a fresh start when all your players are 35, but they need to yep. they need to, they need to change things around a little bit. And uh, I mean, I can't believe Billich hasn't already been fired. Right. Uh, I mean, they, they kind of. On him uh, I was game. expecting a giant hook to just emerge uh, from <laughs> uh, from stage left in the London Stadium and just slowly pull him off the sideline there at mid-game. Like, <laughs> so def- what about defenders? We've got uh, I, I, I looked at sub five million defenders here. Uh, no surprise to find Stephen Ward is the number number one overall sub five million defender. Uh, he's four point seven million on forty four points in the season. Actually, he's tied with Yoshida. Which I guess isn't a huge surprise because uh, Yoshida's got a little bit of goal threat, and uh, you know Southampton have had a great fixtures. They're actually, I think they're just they're going to get yeah. worse in like two yep. weeks. I think yep. uh, Yoshida yeah. actually attempted a bicycle kick against West Brom. This guy is like, like all goals <laughs> all the time. Yeah. I still worry about him consistently starting too with Stevens as such a reliable you know third. Uh, third option there, but um, yep. yeah, looks like he looks like he is for now. And Lascelles, no surprise there. He's got a couple goals already. He's in third. Uh, Alfie Mawson, who scored today too, and Kyle Naughton are fourth and fifth. Yeah, the Swansea defense is is a really intriguing prospect. Mawson, less so just because of his five million price tag. He came in for a few goals last season, and I suspect that's why he got a bit of a bump. Uh, yeah. I think the FPL general has has Moss, and he, I think he got a, a cheeky a cheeky bench goal for Mawson. And that's great. I mean, if you have Mawson, uh, you're feeling pretty good. But if you're looking, if you're on your wild card and you're looking at Swansea, which I wouldn't warn you against, Kyle Naughton at four point six is still able to get um, get forward on the wing and provide assistance. Yeah, is he getting forward? I, I feel like I haven't seen. I mean, I haven't watched too much Swansea in the last few game weeks, but is he? Do you, have you watched any? I mean, has he, been, has he still been attacking? Is he a threat? Uh, I haven't watched a lot of Swansea matches like you in, in recent weeks, but, you know, Swansea are just, they're just not a high-flying... They're not a fun team to... Yeah, we haven't watched... I mean, I, I watched the highlights just to keep up, but, I mean, they're not a team that... It's a lot of yeah. fun to watch right but, now. But that, that is Naughton's role in the team. Whether, whether it's really happening in the last few weeks or not, his role is to push up and put crosses in when he can. Uh, whereas Mawson is basically his role is to defend and then try and score goals on set pieces. So it's, it's that, right. uh, yeah. In, in, yeah. given that comparison, you've got to just go for the cheaper option, I think. It's true. Although it seems like Mossy Mawson does have a like John Terry like nose for goal. Uh, don't don't even like don't even speak about that. Terry <laughs> scored against my <laughs> beloved Fulham this weekend. <laughs> Jesus. 
Oh, did yeah. you really? Oh, wow. I, I didn't even realize that. That's that's funny. Uh, your boy Hagazi comes in at sixth, and then you've got a bunch of a uh, bunch of Huddersfield players below that, and you know they're all good. They're all reasonable value. Um, you know, you've got Zanka, I guess, was the, the sort of the pick of that bunch. Um, at four. I'm actually really glad that Hagazi has fallen out of FPL favor because it's given me an opportunity to just. Um, fall in love with Higazi in a pure way. Right, that's uh, true. Actually, I, f- I find it very entertaining to watch in that defense. There's an amazing story about how they brought him in, too, where it was like an interview with Pulis where he was like, or Pulis, however you say his name, where he was like, um, oh, that's going to go on the 100th episode montage, uh, <laughs> where he was like, uh, yeah, I was watching an Egypt match, and uh, I liked their two central defenders, and it turned out one of them was out of contract, so we... Uh, we thought, hey, why not bring him in? It was like, it was like in the age of like analytics, you know. He was just like, I saw a game and he looked pretty good, and so I thought, hey, let's let's, let's snap that guy up. So they have, they have him on a one year loan. It's not even like they you know spent a lot of money. Yeah. On it. I think it's like a loan with an option to buy or something. But yeah, he's earned a spot. I like him too. Uh, all right, let's get into a couple questions here. Um, well, before we move on from defense, Josh, I just want to make a really quick point because we were big upping Brighton talking about Pascal Gross. At the bottom of your list is Duffy from Brighton Central Defense at $4.5 million. He doesn't make your list here, but um, Dunk just below Duffy, you should look for him because he is actually priced at $4.4 million right now. And if we're looking at Brighton's fixtures, they have solid defense. That sure. is for me a great budget. Yeah, option. every every point one can can really count, especially when you're when you're at the margins of your when you're looking at a you know fourth or fifth defender. Uh, Andreas Torberg. Yeah, all right, hit us with some questions. Yep. Andreas Torbergsen says, "Who are the must-have players on a wild card before next game week?" Uh, just because we're talking about uh, these these budget players, uh, who are the who are the must-have budget players right now? If you were if you're building a wild card, give me one midfielder, one forward, one defender that you would bring in. Yeah, uh, I think it's Pascal Gross for me. Um, if you can compare him to Richarlson, Richarlson better goal threat, but Pascal Gross, very consistent player and slightly cheaper at 5.8. Looking at defense, uh, that that is a tough one. Um, I mean, Burnley, while Stephen Ward has been a fantastic player, they have struggled uh, to keep clean sheets. You're really relying on wards getting uh getting forward um so i'm actually uh, geez the, this is quite tough i guess i'm looking at swansea right now maybe Naughton. going Naughton, gross and then up front uh, you're not going to make me say tammy abraham <laughs> are you he's the obvious pick brandon <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I am. I'm in, I'm interested in um, Hamed, the Israeli on Brighton. Oh, brother, when, don't when go with the hipster <laughs> pick. <laughs> I'm going all the way to the bottom of this list at 5.0. <laughs> I mean, uh, fine with Abraham. I I do like that Abraham is consistently getting minutes, and it's same with my my good friend Tom Carroll in the midfield at far, at 4.5, who do, who doesn't even make this high flying list. I mean, Abraham um, is probably the most talented player in this list of, of forwards, right? And that has to count for something. Danny uh, Abraham? More yeah. talented than Marcus Rashford or Wayne Rooney? Well, Rashford isn't part of the uh, – is, is technically exempt at some oh, point. Oh, okay. He's just And, and for, Rooney. For I mean, sure, if we're talking about Wayne Rooney 10 years ago. But <laughs> I would rather have Rashford at – or I would rather have Abraham at 20 over Rooney at 45 or however old he is right now. Yeah. He's yeah. also 1.5 million cheaper. 
I mean, this 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 forward list is just awful. I mean, I can't really recommend any of them. No, uh, it's it's really it's it's actually it's creating a problem because it's it's hard to have the, like a two up like a two man attack unless you just plan on benching that third forward. Um, yeah. Because there's really no there's no Charlie Austin, you know, like just consistent cheap forward in this lineup right now. It's I mean, you know, Gabby Adini has hurt a lot of teams. Chicharito has been really frustrating. Yeah. Um, so Abraham almost by default because then you can put that money into your, uh, you know, get, you know, get a couple extra Man City players or something. Yeah. So I don't know. So you, so you're 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 going hard on Tammy Abraham here. I would go Abraham for for sure on a wild card. Um, I would go Richarlison over Gross just because I think Richarlison, uh, I think that whole Watford team just has a little more goal threat. And um, so I think he can pick up goals and assists. Um, I mean, he was super attacking in the uh, in the Chelsea game. Uh, and then I actually will go, um, I'll go Ward too. I mean, I guess I'm kind of picking the top players across the, <laughs> across the board here. But um, yeah, but Ward, you know, Ward I have in my, in my team right now. Um, I actually picked up two, two straight uh, clean sheets from him before the Man City game. Uh, and he has a little bit of assist threat as well. So I actually picked up 20 points from him over two game weeks. Uh, so yeah, uh, that would be my pick. I, I wouldn't go with Yoshida. Um, I think you could pick LaSalle's. I mean, 4.7 million isn't so much more. Um, and I know that he's kind of like the inspirational player in that team. I know that everybody loves LaSalle's. So um, if you want the security of a, of a defender in, um, you know, on Newcastle and you don't want to have Elliott, I don't, need, I don't know if you need an Elliott and LaSalle's double up. That seems like a lot of Newcastle. Yeah, that's um, too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, next question is from that Joe guy who says, with the likes of Richarlson and Chupamoting playing so high up the field, are there any other solid out-of-position players? So I, I, we mentioned Zaha near the top of this segment as one of those to look out for. I think he is probably the golden boy of that uh, out-of-position budget, like mid-price budget player. Yeah, exactly. I think so, too. I think... Um yeah, in that budget category, I, I mean, the one that we set up, that, that's probably it. I mean, you have Louise now who's playing as a, I suppose he's an out-of-position central defense or central midfielder, like a, like a defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that really makes any kind of difference in terms of his ability to score a goal. I mean, he did score a goal at midweek, so I, I don't know. Maybe Louise is kind of a out-of-position player right now. Um, yeah, Diouf is out-of-position, but the wrong way. The wrong way, exactly. Even though, uh, even though somehow that, that helps him score more goals than he's been able to score for Stoke ever, so maybe that is maybe it is the right way. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is. And the, and the last question on this segment, Josh, I think is a great way to end it. Dave from Burnley asks, the question on everyone's lips is, can Richarlson be trusted as captain home to Stoke, do you have the guts, Josh, to captain Richarlson? It's setting up to be a tricky captain week. I think. I think there are quite a few different options. Uh, you know, you have uh, Man United and uh, Spurs play, and so I think either play. You know, any players from those teams are kind of tough to captain. Uh, you have Man City playing away to uh, West Brom, which which you know can be a tricky match sometimes. Uh, although I think that Aguero actually scored a brace there last year. Um, so yeah, I, why not, right? I mean, Richarlison is an interesting option there. I, you know, if you want to be a little different, I think that's I think that's legit. Why not, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, have fun. Go with it. I mean, if anybody knows how to have have fun, I think it's I think it's Dave and all of his friends friends in Burnley. I know, and he also like he was on Sterling and Jesus being benched like ten minutes before it got announced. 
So I don't know if he's got like some Burnley connections or something. <laughs> we got we got to investigate his Burnley ties. Yeah. Maybe he actually like works for the club. Yeah. Wouldn't that wouldn't that be awesome? We're we're gonna get him in trouble. Uh, all right, so let's take a let's take another break, Josh, and then we're gonna come back and do a little lightning round of questions leading into game week ten. All right, sounds good. Same old podcast, always shading. All right, it's time to talk about our friends at Starting Eleven. Starting Eleven, of course, as we know, it's the best new daily fantasy app out there for the Premier League. It's available for your iPhone. For your Android, just go to the iPhone App Store, the iPhone App Store, the Apple App Store. I don't know what they call it these days. Jeff. <laughs> Any store that sells apps. Sure. And the uh, the Google App Store as well. You can play with your friends. You can play with people all around the world. You can uh, reach out to people who are at, at the bar that you're at and, and challenge them. And you're making live decisions during the game. You can make in-app substitutions live as if you're the manager on the sideline. There are no budgets involved. So you can pick any any players you want during that particular match flight. And you can play anytime there are at least two league fixtures happening. So this Sunday, uh, I had some great challenges with some of our listeners and some friends, even though there were just two fixtures. And we actually had some huge point tallies on Sunday. So even when there are only two matches, you can score a lot of points. And it's, it's a heck of a lot of fun. Speaking of fun, Josh, we have a great contest with Starting Eleven going on right now. Right. And the contest is to uh, beat the cheaters and rename our team. Uh, and by the way, Brandon, that's starting11.io is where you can find out more about the app. So uh, the contest that's running, it started this weekend. It's running in game weeks 10 and 11 through uh, into the next international break. It is the, the single highest one-day point total uh, gets to rename one of our FPL teams. It could be me. It could be Brandon. Uh, and uh, you get to let's say you get to name it through Christmas. Does that seem that seems nice, right? Like a little our Christmas present to ourselves. We, we get to rename, <laughs> bring our team name back. Uh, yeah. So um, we played. Brent and I played uh, Sigurd Eskelin, Roger Kendrick, Stephen Toomey, John Torsonson, uh, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Andy Goodland, and a couple of those were multiple matches uh, over the weekend. And the current high score is John Torstenston uh, with 204.8 total points. That was actually on a Sunday, too. I'm amazed that he got that high of a score with only two matches. Yeah, well done, uh, John. Yeah, well done, John. He must have captained Kane. Um, so he is the current leader right now to uh, to rename our team um, after Game Week 11. And so it's not a cumulative thing. It's just any single week, the highest score. So, uh, so definitely challenge us, download the app, and you can name it anything you want, um, including... Uh, you can you can you can name yourself. You can curse. I don't care. <laughs> I, I guess you can't advertise a different daily fantasy app. <laughs> that's yeah, the that's one rule. <laughs> uh, so anyway, check it out. Starting eleven dot io. I message us on Twitter or Facebook to learn more, and uh, we look forward to playing you guys this weekend. All right on. Brandon, we're back for part two, the lightning round. Uh, we're going to answer a bunch of questions. Uh, I'm not going to spend more than about 30 seconds on each question. Uh, Mark says, is Sanchez back? Uh, is it time to move on to the player who scored 39 points in it, 39 more points than anyone else last season? Uh, it's a very good question, Mark. The bigger question is, if Sanchez is back, can anyone out there afford him? You know, I guess that's, that's more for people on their wild card right now, but... Uh, the dude is so expensive. Yeah, I wish they weren't playing City and Spurs in game weeks 11 and 12. That makes things a little bit trickier because uh, he is so expensive. 
Yeah, I mean, I actually think Sanchez is back right now. He's on, he's on every dead ball, every single dead ball. He's taking corner kicks. He is completely involved. I mean, to the point where almost no one else. I mean, it's actually amazing. You know, it's, it's funny because I had a moment early on in that match where I was like, God, is Sanchez even helping the team right now? Because uh, it just seems like he everything has to run through him, and he, like, just yells at his teammates. And it's very unpleasant to watch, to be honest. Uh, but then you remember how bad they looked last week against Watford without Sanchez, and you're like, yeah, he obviously helps them. Uh, laid a beautiful ball onto Ozil for that second goal. Um, so, yeah, if you can find a way to bring him in, I think that um, it might even be worth ruining your team for, right? I mean, I guess if I... I mean, it wouldn't be that hard to do. I mean, if I, um, if I downgraded, let's say, Jesus to uh, Tammy Abraham, mm-hmm. then I could go from uh, Mo Salah to, um, to Alexis. Right? I guess so, like, there, are, there are ways to do it. You're ready to downgrade Jesus to Tammy Abraham anyway, just because you love... You love Tammy so much. I do, I do love Tammy. It's funny for a guy who's like, oh, I've watched, you know, I've barely watched a match in the last three game weeks. <laughs> I just, I'm just a believer in Tammy. I was going into the season. I, I still am now. Uh, got a couple questions about Lukaku, Brandon. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you these questions. Please. The first one comes from Jim Payne. Uh, said, would you transfer Aguero straight up for Lukaku? Sure. Yeah, I would too. Um, I mean, I used to, I, I was like season keeper on Lukaku, but I, I really, cha- I mean, I, I, you know, I, I reserve the right to change my mind and just seeing how they've looked the last couple of game weeks with, I mean, I think not having Pogba has really hurt that team and uh, Mkhitaryan's real loss of form has not helped either. There's, there's no presence in that midfield and watching them play Huddersfield was, it was soul destroying. It was painful. It really was. And I mean, it actually forced him to get more involved. I mean, he created that second goal, right? Yeah, it was or, cross, I mean, the first goal. It was close to the corner cross. flag. It was, you never see Lukaku do that. You don't. And I mean, he's going to have to do more of that for them to. Pr- I'm not planning to drop him going into this game week. Um, I don't know what to expect in the Man United Spurs game. But um, yeah, would I rather have Aguero right now? Of, of course I would. Uh, Ian Davis says, uh, can we get rid of Lukaku now? United aren't scoring a credit much. The only problem is I'm not sure who to replace him with. So if you, if you, I guess the answer is Aguero. If, is there anyone else? Does Morata stand out to you or? Yeah, I like, uh, I do like Morata. Chelsea have Bournemouth in game week 10 and that's a legitimate captaincy shout. Elvaro Morata in game week 10. And then they come up against Manchester United in game week 11 and... Way to West Brom, you know, not an easy game. Way to Liverpool. Yeah, so I don't know that Lukaku is going to do a lot of damage in that game, uh, or Murata for that matter. So it could even be a wash. So you could see that Lukaku to Murata transfer through to game week. Uh, I mean, till till the end of the season. I don't know. What about a, what about a double up up front? What would you, what'd you think about Jesus and Aguero just having both of them? Yeah, I like that. Um, it, that's a lot of money up there for the type of rotation we've seen recently. But sure. uh, there's no reason that Pep wouldn't go back to a two-striker formation in in the games coming up. And if he, if he rolled out there was starting Aguero and Jesus, you'd be a happy camper to have them both. Yeah, because it's, it's hard to imagine a game where one of the two of them don't score right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of, it's, it'd be like a quarter of your value, you know, quarter of your team, like on, on two players. And there's a good chance that one of them doesn't play every, every game. Well, who knows, right? It's things got so screwed up with that, with that rib injury to Aguero kind of just threw everything off. Yeah. I'm curious to know what the wisdom would be about a Man City lineup going into, uh, the Hawthorns where 
Pulis is known for being a heavily defensively organized manager. Does that mean you go at them with two strikers, or do you just buzz around them with a really active midfield, like the way that City has been doing in, in recent weeks? I don't. I'm I not don't sure what lineup to predict there for that reason. Yeah, and and I think we all know that our, even our, our our best predictions mean nothing. Yeah, to, yeah, to they pop. mean absolutely buckets. <laughs> Uh, a couple defensive questions. Scott Gill says, where are the clean sheets? Uh, they're with Manchester United, believe it or not. Uh, I think the Mourinho may have learned a few lessons in that Huddersfield match, uh, one that Victor Lindelof can never play again. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was... If Phil Jones isn't back, that's that's a real problem. Yeah, that could be a problem. Bailly is meant to be coming back in the next week or two. I could see Bailly and Smalling shoring sure, things up. Sure, sure. I mean that that uh, the goal that um, the guy with all of the hair plugs scored um, was a, was a, just a colossal defensive blunder, and there was nothing that uh, De Gea could have done about it. And the goal that Moy scores is hmm, a bit of a bit of a fluke saved De Gea saves it right into Moy's uh, pathway so I'm not giving up on Manchester United clean sheets just yet they've been in the best of the bunch this whole season so I'm sticking with them yeah I think I think that's reasonable I mean I'm trying to I'm looking at other teams I mean you know Chelsea obviously haven't their defense is not impressed I mean it's without Conte you know it's really I mean, actually we're going to get to that in just a second here but um you know Spurs I mean they're about to play Man United and Arsenal away in two of the next three uh, even Man City, whose whose defense has looked good at times, I mean they conceded two goals at home to Stoke, so it's hard to just completely big up them, right? Yeah, right, right. I mean, I would look at Southampton. We were, uh, Newcastle and Southampton. I would look at them when we talked about budget options in the in the previous segment, uh, yeah. and they look good up till game week twelve, um, where they both play uh, Manchester United and Liverpool respectively. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm actually looking at Van Dyke as a short term replacement for Jones if he's out. Um, Van Dyke is five point four million, so uh, he'd, he'd only actually be point two more than Phil Jones. Yeah, uh, so that's that's a possibility. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, Stig Hagen says with the Trippier Rose Davies Aria conundrum, uh, is it time? Did I say Trippier? Whatever. Uh, is it time to flag, flag out the uh, Spurs wings backs? Uh, I think Spurs Spurs defense on the whole is pretty expensive. Definitely for for all the pain and anguish we're suffering because of the rotation and the injuries. I I wouldn't advise against it. Get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah, as a non-FPL side, I thought Vertonghen had an amazing match. He did. Uh, in the, uh, he, 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 was he was all incredible. over the place. Yeah, he really, if there was way. any justice, he would have picked up a bonus point because he was, he was so good. Uh, Peter Locke says, um, defense suddenly a shambles. Davies, Cresswell's Jones, and Cresswell, Jones, and Clark. Uh, who has to go first, and how many points is it worth to transfer defenders out? Uh, I don't think it's almost ever worth points to transfer to. No, so, yeah, I do mean, not do it. Even, yeah, almost to the point where even if, like, with Ben Davis, if you know he's not going to play, it's not even worth burning for because your your hope is that you you get a clean sheet just to get net two. Right, B- best case scenario. Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> but which and, and betting on that clean sheet, as we know, it's um, you know, the house, the house always wins and that, that sort of thing. One mistake. Yeah, exactly. One, you know, one, one set piece. Yeah. So this is, I mean, Phil Jones and, uh, Ben Davis 
Both could be on injury, so those would be your priorities. However, on the other hand, West Ham looked like the worst team, uh, you know, going right now. Cresswell yeah. and what was what was Cresswell's yeah. deal? Why didn't he play? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if he was just out of favor or what. I mean, I. I guess of this lot. I mean, it might actually be Ben Davis. I mean, I, I, is he going to play? And Danny Rose is now back too. Um, you know, it looks like he's going to try to play at midweek in the uh, in the League Cup fixture. I mean, they're about to play uh, Man United away, followed by Arsenal away. Um, he's in and out of that squad. He's super expensive. His value is never going to be higher. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, you know, I could, it could look ugly if if you know if he scores you know the only goal on a one nil win or something, but. Um, I guess if I were making a transfer this week, that'd probably be the one I'd make. I would say this, just to gum up the works. I can see why Pochettino would have played Aurier against Liverpool just so he could harry Mo Salah the entire game. Right. And, and that's a reason to bring Aurier in, and then Ben Davies is to be played when they need somebody with a bit more uh, attacking prowess. So right. I, I yeah. do. I could see tactical logic as to why or why Davis is sat this weekend, and we would perhaps be foolish to get rid of him so quickly. Sure. I mean, I definitely wouldn't burn forward to do it. Yeah. Uh, final defensive question. Uh, Michael Heinberg says: Is the tel- is the Chelsea defense just done? Is it Alonso's time to go? Well, I can say for a fact it's a lot Alonso's time to go. Uh, that's an easy one. Is the Chelsea defense done? No, I I think that that this is perhaps just a blip, and over the long haul of the season, yeah. their players the, are just too good. And give it time. Like I I would. They stick- needed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Angelo Conte is properly rated as one of the best players in the league. I mean, I think most people who follow the game at all, understand that. Uh, and you really felt it in that Watford game. I mean, you felt the absence of someone like N'Golo Conte. I mean, he would have come in and just, he would have taken out uh, Richarlison at some point, right? He would have just, like, like manned up and just, like, knocked him down, right? <laughs> yep. Like, on a run and just, and just you know, taking taken him out of his stride a yep. little bit. And, I mean, I know that Chelsea ended up coming back and winning that game, but Watford kind of could do anything they wanted in that match. Uh, they, you know, I mean, if Richarlison made a, you know, converted a couple of his chances, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it just gets away from Chelsea, right? And they end up actually losing that match. No, that's true. Um, so yeah, I think, um, I think until Conte is back, I wouldn't be bringing in a Chelsea player. I mean, their fixtures aren't bad. Uh, you know, they play Bournemouth away, they, they play Manu at home, but that's, that's probably fine right now. I give Manu's form. Uh, West Brom away in game week 13, uh, Liverpool four, uh, 14. I can't say they keep it a clean sheet there. So, um, yeah, I, I think I, I wouldn't be moving uh, a Chelsea defender this game week, but it is frustrating. All right, I've got some questions for you, Josh. This one is from Samuel West. Should we go back to the power two, Kane and Lukaku? Also traded out Lacazette for Murata. What a downer. So what do you say to Samuel, Josh? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if Lukaku is the two that I would go with in that power two. Uh, I guess I would go Kane and Aguero. Um, so sure. I don't know. It's, I still have three expensive players. I, I, I guess I, I have a hard time answering that question right now. I don't think, I don't think it's an easy one to answer. It's not easy to answer because there's, this season is, is been quite random. There, (laughs) there is, there is seemingly a new fact-based template every game week. (laughs) 
and <laughs> then something totally random happens the following game week. I just I think it's still up in the air, right? I mean, I I don't like it when podcasts just try to make it sound like my like random prediction is a total fact. And sure. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, it, it's it, it was working two weeks ago, and it looks bad right now. Maybe next week it'll look like it's working again. So um, I think we need more time. John Tolliday has a question for you, Josh. How do you feel about getting Liverpool players in? Their fixtures are so good, but they are messy. Uh, not not great, but uh, I do like their fixtures coming up. I wouldn't bring in one of the Liverpool defenders, obviously, because uh, their uh, their defense is a joke. Uh, and now it looks like um, they're, they just lost another central defender. Uh, I mean, they play Huddersfield at home. Uh, West Ham away, Southampton at home, Stoke away, you know, four of the next five. I mean, those are all really good fixtures. Um, I kind of, you know, I mean, there's a, a temptation this week to drop Salah for for another Man City mid, but um, uh, Salah actually looked pretty good, I thought. I mean, he, he took a nice, had a nice goal today. Uh, could have had a couple assists if it weren't for some really good goalkeeping. Um, and uh, I, I was a little worried about how he would look without um, without uh, Mane, but it uh, looks like he's actually... Um, Quitted himself. I mean, it's insane that a team with Firmino, Coutinho, and Salah would be so uh, would would look so bereft. You know, <laughs> I mean, without they should be fine on their own. Um, Emery Chan, I think that he got subbed out, and I think that was a good sub. I don't think he was really helping that helping that team very much. So yeah, I think um, I mean the only player I would look at is, is Salah. I mean, okay, Salah or Coutinho, I guess. I mean, Coutinho could have had a goal today too. Uh, I love this question from FPL Opie. It's it's sort of an FPL philosophy question. Should there even be a wild card option? Why not two free transfers every week instead and have unlimited free transfer buildup? Sort of like how I right. how I treat vacation time at work. Right. The reason they don't do it this way is because uh, unlike uh, NFL style fantasy or draft style fantasy. Uh, this game is everyone plays together, and um, the, I, th- I, th- I think I don't think they're actually come out and said this, but it's very clear to me that everything is set up to make it easier for a casual person who doesn't follow the league that closely to to learn how to play. You know, it's like Texas Hold'em, right? You know, it's like it takes you know thirty seconds to learn and a lifetime to master, or whatever the cliche is. But you know, it's like I mean, you can just log on, start a team, and, and just run it, right? I mean, this is why. When the official FPL account, you know, posts the high score each game week, it's pretty clearly a team that was just like created for that game week, right? Because that's always like a triple captain or whatever. It's not like it's not a normal team, right? And that's because the game allows you to do that. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I would love it, but it's just not going to happen. Last question in this lightning round from In Poch We Trust: Is Harry Kane a must captain despite fixtures, Bale and Ronaldo FPL levels? Can we address the fact that? It was a week ago where everyone was like, how can we have Harry Kane in our team if we can't captain him? You have to dump him. He's too expensive if you can't captain this player. Um, Or at least heavily question it. And now it is, um, is Harry Kane actually president of the world or not? The only, okay, I think you can captain him in almost all game weeks. The one exception that, that we've seen so far is, He's been struggling at home against teams that aren't realistically trying to win the match. So if it's a team that is just set up to try to get a draw and get out of there, he has he's not looked very good. And I think that we've seen that with Burnley and Bournemouth. Um, I think that um, if a team is trying to win, like the Liverpool match, like the Chelsea match, then he's fine. And I think anytime they're on the road, he looks fine. So um, is that a good enough caveat there? Yeah, I think that's fine. 
Uh, all right, let's 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 just, let's go right into uh, just to quickly look at the fixtures for um, for this weekend. Uh, in terms of transfers, I'm I'm looking at a uh, defensive transfer. I'm, I I one of my injured defenders has to go because I just can't uh, I can't have you know two of my most expensive uh, defenders um, a risk this weekend. Uh, so if Phil Jones is healthy, I probably keep him and I drop Davies or Davis, however you, however you say his name. Um, I think it is Davis, right? Yeah, it's Davis. Um, yeah, um, I would probably keep Jones just because Man United's defenses look so good. Um, but yeah, that Man U Spurs game is looking really good. Um, what's your What's your transfer this well, week? Well, I have two free transfers. I did not make a transfer mm. going into game week nine, so um, I definitely need to do something about my defense right now. I'm looking at um, four five point five price tag defenders. It's just sort of an uneven price distribution, which is kind of screwing me up everywhere else. So, yeah, Ben Davis is um, certainly on the chopping block. I mean, Stones looks great against West Brom. Monreal, Bertrand, those are all good. I don't even know how to spend these two free transfers, Josh. I, I, I guess. Oh, what a feeling. <laughs> I guess you could you could downgrade Moy for a four point five million player or something, right? Or bring him to Corre or something. Yeah, the move I was looking at for game week nine was to move. I think it was both Monreal and Davis to four point five defenders, and then I could have turned Aaron Moy into Raheem Sterling. Mm-hmm. And that's still a move I'm considering. So I'm loath to downgrade Moy when he may be the midfielder that I want to upgrade once I shift around my defense. So that's right. Uh, that's tricky. It is tricky. So I might actually be making moves in my defense this week just to facilitate another move in the midfield in the coming. I mean, week. Moy could definitely score on at, at Anfield. Uh, that would not be a surprise. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the fixtures. Uh, I've got uh, Man United Spurs as the as the uh, early kickoff on Saturday. Uh, should be a really interesting game. I mean, I don't know why we'd expect Mourinho to do anything but play for a draw. I mean, just where that team is right now. I mean, do they even try to win it? Do they try to draw? I, I don't really know what what to expect. I mean, that, they look so bad in the Huddersfield game and so bad in the Liverpool match that that it's just hard to know what what's going on with them right now. It really is. I think the fact that they're playing at Old Trafford will bring a different level to Man United sure. for that match. The fans yeah. aren't going to put up with that. Put up. I wouldn't think so. I mean, we've got a ton of Man United fans who listen to the podcast, but they're you know they must be frustrated too. I mean that that this team won't open it up a little more. Maybe it's just that they're so they're so injured. But I mean, a, a squad this big and a squad a team that has this much money, they shouldn't be in this kind of position. They're not that injured. Yeah, it's just you look at that midfield, and um, I mean, all the passes were coming through Ho- Herrera and Matic, and those guys are great players as they are. They're just too deep lying to be the sorts of dynamic yeah. playmakers you need but to get Lukaku it, involved. But is, is it just? I mean, so Pogba's out, right? Yeah. And and Fellaini's out, but Fellaini wasn't even starting until Pogba went down. So I mean, I guess they just need that central that central midfielder. And that's that's what they're missing, right? Because I mean, who is anyone else injured who's who's important to that team? Yeah, I guess I guess it's just Pogba and Fellaini play that special marauding sort of a a role. It's just uh, agents of chaos, Josh. That's what they're missing. Yeah, you just think that one one position. I mean, that they should be able to, you know, get a little creative there and, and deal with that. I mean, it's I guess Michael Carrick's out too for yeah, what that's worth, yeah. but. Um, I mean, they still have Mkhitaryan, Marshall, Matic, Mata, 
Um, Lingard. Lingard, Herrera. <laughs> there are a lot of really good players, and it, it shouldn't be this hard to get the ball to your 100 million striker, yeah. I would think. But It's just like any time um, Martial starts, he he looks terrible. So it's, that's just, it's, like it's the, weird. It's like the yeah. Drew syndrome. But yeah. Spurs are going to smell blood in the water, and I know they're 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 going to take it hard to Manchester United. Yep, uh, Arsenal at home to Swansea, so that that luck is that transfer looks even worse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Crystal Palace. So anyway, we have a couple of like, a lot of a lot of good teams playing bad teams in the uh, the fixtures after Man U Spurs right now. Not a lot to talk about here. Uh, even Chelsea Bournemouth is kind of an interesting game. I mean, Bournemouth have started to like they you know pick it up a little bit sure. finally. I mean, they, they played well at Wembley last week and then they picked up and went away to Stoke. So um, I think Bournemouth will score in that game. I don't think they'll win necessarily. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't bet on a Chelsea clean sheet there. But, uh, I Chelsea just strike me as the type of professional team that they won't they won't be down for too long. Though I think they'll win quite handily. Again, I think the Man City-West Brom game is, is compelling and I wouldn't shy away from putting an armband on a City player here. No, I, I wouldn't either. Um, and I think, uh, I mean, Salah at home to Huddersfield, I think, is an interesting yeah, shout, too. Definitely. Um, slightly, slightly different, uh, you know, pick there. I actually think Kane uh, away, you know, to, to Man United is, is not a bad uh, shout mm-hmm. either. Um, I mean, I certainly wouldn't. I mean, if, if if I captain Salah, which I'm actually kind of leaning towards right now, I think on my current lineup he's in there, uh, I think I'd probably vice captain uh, Kane um, just in case Salah didn't play for some reason. Here's my, here's my great prediction for the week. David De Gea penalty save in this match. Wow, that's that's big. So you will not be captaining Kane. Uh, Sunday we've got uh, Brighton, Southampton, Leicester, Everton. I, I may not have a single player in these these Sunday games. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely be uh, gross against Bertrand in this uh, uh, Brighton Southampton match. Calvert Lewin yeah, probably going to get a run out against Leicester here. Sure, sure. Uh, and then on Monday we've got uh, Burnley, Newcastle, and my boy Stephen Ward. Gonna bring bring home the bacon on Monday. Cool. I'm actually tempted to start Elliot over De Gea, um, despite my prediction here against Burnley. Sure. No, he, I think I'm. Gonna even though De Gea is going to make a penalty save, Harry Kane is still going to score four goals on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to a dreadful nil nil on yeah. Monday. All right, Brandon. Uh, people can find the podcast on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash hailcheaters, facebook.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, SoundCloud, just look for Always Cheating, or you know, put it in the search bar or whatever. Uh, you go to alwayscheating.com. You can email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. You can support the podcast on Patreon. We didn't talk about the Survivor League, Brandon, but it's a total bloodbath <laughs> right now. Uh, I, will, I will update that at midweek. Uh, but I think we've lost like 70 managers already. It's, it's the worst it's ever been. Uh, so, uh, if you're a Patreon supporter and you're in the Survivor League, um, and you've already been knocked out, uh, we're going to, we're going to come up with another reward for, uh, Patreon subscribers because I thought people would have a chance here. This is, this is ugly. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's truly <laughs> ugly. One and one and done is not, does not a game make. Right. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Acast, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever podcasts are found. All right, Josh, we're going to be back in it before you know it. Game Week 10 starts on Saturday. Uh, good Ooh, luck. I'm, 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 what a great way to start. This is, this is yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> that That's is? it. <laughs> you didn't say goodbye or oh. anything. Okay, all right. all right, fine. That's it. Bye, Josh. Bye, Brandon. Oh, Brandon!